good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Here we go with another weekly edition of Keeping Track of Giving Back in the Valley. This is the show that spotlights all the wonderful nonprofit organizations that benefit all of us that live, work, and play right here in our wonderful Snoqualmie Valley. As we do every week, we find a great nonprofit to talk to. Tonight is no exception. And we'll be getting into that interview in just a minute. I'd like to introduce myself. My name is Jay Fisk. I have the pleasure of being your host every week here on Keeping Track of Giving Back in the Valley. We're on weekly on Sunday evening at 5.30. And we do a little uh, a little, we do a little instant replay on Monday night at 6.30 right here on Valley 104.9 FM. And we also stream live at valley1049.org. And so I'm glad that you are joining us in this week. We've got another one of those great nonprofits we're going to be spotlighting. But before we get into that discussion, I once again want to remind you that there is a pandemic going on, as I do every week. And that means I want to encourage you a couple of things now. Make sure you get vaccinated if you're qualified. I realize that it's a little tough to get those uh, get those appointments, but there are a lot of services out there now where that you can join that will let you know where the vac sites are, are opening up. More and more are opening all the time. Uh, just recently, uh, Johnson & Johnson's uh, single-shot vaccine was approved, and that should be coming out online before too long. And the Pfizer and Moderna vaccines are going into a greater supply, so it should start getting easier and easier. Let's get that vaccination. And the other thing you can do right now, even before you get the vaccination, as I encourage you every week to do, is wear your doggone mask. Remember, as I like to tell you, is that breathing is bi-directional. You breathe out, somebody else breathes in. They breathe out, you breathe in. If you happen to be near each other, you're breathing out what they're breathing in, and they're breathing in what you're breathing out. And the only way you're going to keep that from potentially causing one or both of you concern about COVID is if you're not wearing your mask. So please do wear your mask. I realize you may look a little silly, but that's okay. Uh, Better to be silly than to be sick. Okay. And the other thing I'd like to encourage you to do is in the morning when you get up and you brush your teeth or shave or whatever it is that you do first thing in the morning, practice smiling with your eyes. Because one of the things I know I've been missing for the last year is seeing people smile. Uh, I kind of miss smiles. It kind of makes uh, makes my day nice and bright when I see people smile. And when you're wearing a mask, you don't see their smile, but you can actually smile with your eyes. You should practice that. It's a great thing to do, and it'll even help you when you're no longer wearing a mask, okay? Eyes can tell a great story, so learn how to do that, all right? All right, enough of that silliness. Let's get into our interview. We're going to meet a wonderful lady who is... uh, part of an organization called Hope Animal Assisted Crisis Response. That is a very long name, but it has a very positive uh, purpose. And we're going to learn about that right now. I'd like you to welcome to Keeping Track of Giving Back, Raquel Lackey. She is a board member and an experienced team member for Hope Animal Assisted Crisis Response in the Northwest uh, region. Hello there, Raquel. Thank you for coming to our show and letting us talk to you for a bit. Hi, Jay. I'm super excited to do this with you and can't thank you enough for spotlighting Hope. Well, I'm glad to do it. And actually, I found out about you when we interviewed a couple of nice ladies uh, last week uh, from Reading with Rover. And uh, they said, you know, uh, at, at the risk of having two weeks in a row talking about dogs, uh, you really ought to check out uh, Hope Animal Assisted Crisis Response. And uh, and so they gave me your information. I found you and you were very kind to uh, respond so quickly. Uh, I hope that our audience doesn't think that I'm turning my show into nothing but a dog lover's show. 
two weeks in a row, but uh, both uh, both Reading with Rover and, and Hope Animal Assisted Crisis Response are doing great things for our community. So it just seemed appropriate to follow them up with you. So tell me a little bit about about your organization. Give me the Give me the, the elevator pitch on, uh, on what you folks do. Well, Hope's mission is to provide comfort and encouragement through animal-assisted support to individuals affected by crises and disasters. Okay, well, right How now we there's, do... a lot of, there's a lot of crises and disasters going on. So <laughs> give me a couple of examples of where you might uh, end up. I personally specialize with our first responders in the area. And so... This past week, I ended up at uh, Snoqualmie Falls, actually, in helping search and rescue on a mission that they had been deployed on. That's one of the examples. And and is is part of uh, belonging to the the uh, response having your own uh, dog, or do you, or are there other dogs that that uh, are trained, and then you, uh, if you will, borrow them for the mission? Oh no, this worked actually like you had on last week, reading with Rover. All of our dogs that do crisis response, they start as a therapy dog first. The dogs that do the crisis work really want to do the job. We actually ask them, what type of population do you want to work with and do you want to do the work? Every single day, they're just like us. We wake up some days, we're excited to hit the day running, and other days, you might feel like you want to stay in your pajamas until one o'clock, and so it's at their leisure what they want to do. So uh, do, do, the, do the dogs actually wear pajamas? <laughs> Mine don't, but some of our smaller purse puppies may wear pajamas, depending on the weather. <laughs> that was, you know, when you mentioned that, I was an image. I said, yeah, I just uh, see the dog lounging around in his, uh, his T-shirt. They, I don't think I want to go to work today. I think I'll just sort of sleep in and watch Oprah. Uh, that's funny. Uh, My mom thought I was crazy when I would tell her that. She traveled with me to Baltimore one time for a conference, and I had always told her, hey, mom, you know, Pickles decides if she wants to work today or not. My mom thought I was crazy. So one morning... Pickles woke up and she had her breakfast and she went back and crawled in my bed and didn't want to go down to the conference. So she took another siesta and I came back and got her a couple hours later when she was ready. Wow, funny. How do the dogs, uh, you know, that you bring up an interesting point. How do you know whether the dog is ready to go work on a given day? That's an excellent question, Jay. And every dog is completely different, just like every human being is unique right? My dogs, they want to go to work. I ask, you know, do you want to go to work? And it's usually the first one to beat them to the back door where the car is decides who's going. Really? I'll be darned. So they actually, uh, they they pick up on the fact that, that they're needed and you're asking them and they say, you know, I'm, I'm in mom. It's usually a cue. They are really perceptive. So we wear a uniform and the moment that I put on my uniform, whether it's for Hope or some other volunteering, you know, that we're doing, they know what's what's up for the day and they decide. Wow. They're smart. So how long have you been affiliated? With- I've been affiliated with Crisis Response and Hope for nearly 10 years now. Really? And what got you interested in doing it? Well, I wanted to give back to my community and I couldn't figure out how to do that until a friend guided me to therapy work. And when I started doing therapy work with Reading with Rover, of all places, then I learned all about crisis response. And I knew that I had the personality to stay calm during crisis, meet people where they were, and help facilitate them processing that 
with my dogs. Without taking too deep a dive into into personal stories and things, give us an idea of the types of crises that you might get involved in with. Uh, and by the way, give me the name of your dog again. Dogs? I have two dogs right now that are certified with Hope. One is a black lab named Pickles, and my chocolate lab's name is Bungie. Bungie and Pickles. Okay. So uh, give me an example of how you might get deployed. What sort of things might you go to? Give me a couple of recent examples, if you could. You mentioned the Snoqualmie Falls you know, rescue uh, or, or, or search. Give me an example of some of the things you might get involved in. We are called to uh, 911 call centers. We're called after there's been a line of duty death to work with officers or fire departments. We're called, we spent 45 days after the Oso oh mudslide, you may remember a couple of years ago, helping all over the communities there of Darrington, Arlington, and in the Emergency Operations Center. So in the process of doing what you do, does it ever, does it ever get to you emotionally? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, it's on both ends of the leash, right? So we take in emotions of others as do the dogs, and so we need to work on our own resiliency. I kind of liken it to a, a golf bag and you've got different tools or you got different clubs in the golf bag. Not every single time am I going to pull out that driver. Frequently, I need the, the pitching wedge or the putter. Uh -huh. And so we uh, frequently work on having those variety of tools to help with our mental, emotional health as just as important as our physical health to build resilience. You know, it sounds like it takes a special person to want to do this. If someone was listening and they felt they had really good interpersonal skills, had a nice dog that was trainable or could be a therapy dog, and they wanted to get involved and do this, are you open to adding additional people and dogs? Oh, most definitely. Almost definitely. Especially during, you know, what the pandemic has brought, the need is so much greater than those of us that are trained up to do the work. And it is all about personality and how you can relate to others. You talk about wearing a mask and learning how to smile with your eyes. I frequently tell people when we're out on deployment, our biggest job is to give you a brief break of what you're going through. And my goal is to make you smile. Excellent. Well, you made me smile this morning. So that oh. we got we you, you got that going for you. Yay! I have, Yay! I Thank you. I haven't seen pickles or bungee yet, but uh, <laughs> oh, there are they there? Okay. There's the black one laying there. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, we we can't see them on the radio, but we'll 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 assume that uh, that they're right there helping you out. Uh, I, I want to hear a little bit more about the pandemic uh, and how this has directly affected uh, what you do pre-pandemic. What what your world of, uh, of support might have been like, and then, and then during pandemic, what that might be like. Can you differentiate those two for me? That's a good question. You know, pre-pandemic, we were out in the community. You had no hesitation of jumping in the car or a plane, wherever you call, if your uh, agenda allowed you to, to do that and go interact where needed. During the pandemic, when we had to be locked down, right? And that made it a little bit more difficult to allow us to connect with others so that we didn't feel isolated. Once people get isolated, they lose hope, right? right. 
And so uh, to be able to do that, we've kind of gotten creative. We do virtual visits, much like Reading with Rover explained last week. Uh, we've also reached out um, just with text messages and fun pictures. Pickles and Bungie made a video of what they do during COVID to stay safe and sent it out um, to all their contacts to hope bring smiles with the funny pictures that they were doing and reminding people not only to wear their masks, but hey, take a nap and get some rest, drink water and take care of our bodies. This too will pass and we'll all be connected together in person again soon. All right, wow, great. Uh, Raquel, we're gonna take a, a short break. We're gonna come back after the break and get a little more information. When we get back after the break, I wanna talk about some more specific things that you've worked on before that would help define what your organization does. I wanna talk a little bit about funding volunteers and that sort of thing in the second half. Uh, but we're going to take a little break right now. We are talking to Raquel Lackey. She is a board member and she is on the experience uh, team with uh, Hope Animal Assisted Crisis Response. They're a national organization. They work a lot with FEMA. She's part of the Pacific Northwest region. And we're learning a little bit about, uh, about this great organization that uh, helps people in crisis as well as helps with search and rescue and other things that uh, that are enhanced by having a dog team, I guess would be the right way to say it. Uh, you are listening to Keeping Track of Giving Back in the Valley. Uh, this is the show every week that spotlights a great nonprofit organization, helps all of us who live, work, and play right here in our great Snoqualmie Valley. And uh, we'll be right back after these few messages. Join us for Northwest Phenomenon Sunday nights at 7 p.m. right here on Valley 104.9 as we cover topics from paranormal activity, conspiracy theories, and more. If you have a story you would like to share, email me, mario at northwestphenomenon.com. We'll see you Sunday nights at 7 p.m. right here on Valley 104.9. Northwest Phenomenon. Have you ever wanted to work in radio but weren't sure how to get started? Or maybe you're someone looking to take on some community-focused volunteer work. Either way, have we got a deal for you. Valley 104.9 is 100% volunteer staffed and operated, and we're always looking for new volunteers. In addition to on-air hosts and specialty programmers, we're looking for people interested in broadcast engineering, local events reporting, or fundraising. As an example, we want to do more live broadcasts of local music, but we need more folks to help make it happen. If you'd like to help, please go to www.valley1049.org, click on the volunteering link, and complete the short web form. Come join us. You're listening to Valley 104.9 FM, your station for Valley Talk and Info. Well, here we are. We're back, and we are talking to Raquel Lackey. She is a board member and experience team member for Hope Animal Assisted Crisis Response. They're a national organization that works with FEMA and other 
organizations to help people in crisis and search and rescue and various other things that require a dog team. Being a, that would be a dog along with a handler. And uh, we've learned so far that these teams are volunteers. And if you have a it can be a crisis uh, dog or a therapy dog or uh, has any sort of talent in that regard, uh, you might want to consider joining the Hope Animal Assisted Crisis Response Team. So let's talk a little bit more about that, Raquel. You kind of mentioned it before we went to break, but how would someone that thinks they've got a dog that is already perhaps trained as a therapy dog or uh, could become one, uh, how do they reach out to you? Is there a website? Is there a phone number? How do they, how do they find uh, a, a way to, to get more information? That's an excellent question, Jay. Thanks. Uh, we do have a website. It's hopeaacr.org. And on the main page, it's how to get involved. It tells you a little bit more about how we're set up regionally following the FEMA regions. And we have a form that you fill out and then you're personally contacted to learn a little bit more about your background, experience, how you can bring comfort uh, to hope and participate. And so from there, we just start just like you're doing today, building relationships because that's the foundation for anything that's successful. Excellent. All right. Well, let's hope that uh, somebody does, in fact, take advantage of that. You know, one, each week I usually will ask a question of a guest that's give, give me an example of a story. Tell me a story uh, about something that has gone on while you remember the organization that helped you define why you do it and why the organization is valuable. Some Something that said, you know, if it wasn't for the organization, this good would not have occurred. Or if it wasn't for me uh, volunteering my time, I wouldn't have been able to experience this good. Can you think of something like that? Let me see. There's been so many. How do I pick just one to tell you? And by the way, that's usually the response. That's usually what I get is I don't know how to narrow it down to one. Uh, and that, by the way, is part of what I like about doing this show is we find that the volunteers for these wonderful organizations uh, don't end up having one good experience over over their time involved in that organization. They have multiple experiences that are great. So just see if you can, just just uh, grab one. We realize we could probably do a whole show on just telling stories, but pick, pick one out because I, I like our listeners to kind of hear firsthand, okay, this is a case where such and such happened. Well, first off, you build relationships and you're opening up yourself. Um, I've gotten the most fantastic friendships built with people I would have never come in, uh, in contact with if I wasn't volunteering with my dog. One story that does stick out in my mind, we were at a school after a mass shooting and made connection with one of the students that wanted to go back into the room where the shooting actually happened so that she could process that. There was many hoops to go through, uh, but the short story is we passed all those and we went with her and we took a counselor, a mental health professional, and we she picked pickles and I to go with her back in that room. When we got into the room where this event happened, it was obviously emotionally taxing on her. And we sat there for a good amount of time while she proceeded to tell us what she had heard, what she saw, 
what she had smelled and what she did, which the whole time she did that while staring at Pickles and not us and had her hands on the dog. Oh, got it. After she got done, she looked at me and she said, my mom was right. This room I do not have to be afraid of. Something very bad happened here, but now I can let it go and not be afraid of the room any longer. Uh, wonderful. And the whole time she's looking at pickles and holding pickles. Yep. Yeah, see, that that's uh, that's what I was looking for. That that defines what an organization's value is, what you just described. Defines what your value to the organization is and what value Pickles brings to it as well. So thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Uh, how are you funded? We are all volunteers. We are 100% funded by donations. And we're at the mercy of everybody else's generosity. We are on... Uh, Smile Amazon. So that's easy because with the pandemic being locked down, many people are shopping more on Amazon. So you can find us there. Uh, we have a donation link online on our website. So you can click the button and put your credit card in or debit card in. That's at, hope, that's at hopeaacr.org. Hopeaacr.org and click the donate button, right? Donate today. And I, uh, you're, I assume you're a nonprofit, obviously. So uh, if someone is working for one of these great Northwest companies that have a matching gift available for their employees, then uh, you want to encourage them to let you know that when they make the donation so that uh, you can get them whatever proper paperwork they might need to get that matching gift as well, correct? You are correct. We're registered with King County, specifically in our area here and a couple others so reach out to your organization thanks Wonderful. for bringing that up what's what's the what's your what's the vision for uh, hope animal assisted crisis response going forward are you going to expand your services uh, kind of keep doing the same thing get more teams involved or are you going to look for more ways to utilize the assets that you already have right now we need we need people that want to support each and everybody's communi communities so that we can meet the need of what's out there. Whether or not you have a dog or not, then you can be a member of HOPE. We've found that when we go to big uh, deployments and we'll take multiple dogs, it's exceptionally important to have a team leader with us that doesn't have a dog. And that person is frequently taking care of all of the HOPE teams that do have dogs, whether it's I may need a break, a bio break, or it's much easier to correspond with the agency that calls us out. Well, if you don't have a canine that you have to keep track of at the same time. So, so I guess what I'm hearing you say is that you don't necessarily have to be a dog owner or, or even if you are a dog owner, not have a dog that's trained, but you could still be a volunteer and help out in some fashion. Yep, exactly. And that's frequently how we get some of our most loyal and dedicated members. They start out without a dog, see them, what we call the magic that happens, and then get a dog to gets to participate. Can you match people up to a dog? I mean, if somebody said, I'm thinking about getting a dog, but I want to get a dog that I can that I can train or is trained, either one, to be a therapy dog or or part of the part of this response team. Is there any sort of a matchmaking capability going on? 
There's two ways that I've done that. I've worked with a breeder for a specific breed that I'm drawn to. I tell them the work that I'm interested in doing and this dog can do or would like this dog to do. And they, they're pretty dialed into their dogs as to whether or not they're gonna have that ability to go and greet people on some of their worst days. The second way I've done that is I work with my dog trainer. She frequently has rescued dogs and my uh, chocolate lab bungee was given to me by my dog trainer, Becky Bishop of Reading with Rover uh, to specifically do the work of Reading with Rover and Hope Animal Assisted Crisis well, Response. All right, we got just a couple minutes left and uh, I always ask this question at the end of, of the show just because I want to make sure that I leave no stone unturned. What question didn't I ask you, Raquel Lackey, that you wish I had asked you? And by the way, it's not a test. If you don't, if, if you think I've done a pretty good job of getting everything out of you, you wanted me to, that's totally fine. But I want to at least give you the opportunity to say, gee, I, I wish he had asked me this. Well, of course, you've done an excellent job. So thank you very much for that. <laughs> thank you. I, what comes to mind is to remind our listeners that you never know how you're going to touch a life. Yeah. You never know how small that moment needs to be. If it's just that smile that you talked about at the beginning of this, or if it's just stopping to be kind to people and actually let them pet the dog that's well-behaved and meet them wherever they are. When you're out walking your dog uh, in, in public, is your, uh, either one, uh, Pickles or Bungie, are they able to sense when someone's in crisis that they might meet randomly on the street? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we do. That's what they're trained to do, actually. They become very, they're able to smell the adrenaline dump that our bodies go through. And so um, I can't tell you how many times I've been stopped randomly. Can I pet your dog? Just because they look well-behaved and... Uh, are eager to uh, greet people without jumping or being too aggressive on them. And so they will, uh, they do a little alert that is a communication between them and I that we need to spend a little bit extra time here, mom. Isn't that, isn't that interesting? Isn't that interesting? So even when you're not quote called to duty, you're still on duty, and so are the so are the dogs as well. Fantastic. Okay. Well, listen. I, this thirty minutes goes by awfully quick, doesn't it? Uh, it does. I, I I would just like to thank you very much. I've learned an awful lot today uh, about Hope Animal Assisted Crisis Response. Uh, uh, for those of you that would like to get more information, you can find them at hopeaacr.org. That's H-O-P-E-A-A-C-R. Hopeaacr.org. Uh, feel free to get more information. If you have a dog, you may be thinking about getting a dog, or maybe you just like to support them with a donation, you can certainly do that. You can also reach out to me, and I'll be happy to pass your information along. You can reach me on my email, which is jay at valley1049.org, jay at valley1049.org, and I'll be happy to pass your information along to Raquel as well. Uh, Raquel, one quick question. I didn't even ask about this. Do you ever allow ride-alongs? Does somebody just want to kind of see what you do? Uh, is, is that, uh, and it, it doesn't have to be a long answer, but it's kind of curious. If someone says, you know, I'd like to kind of check you guys out. How do I 
see what you do without necessarily jumping right in. I know police sometimes allow, won't allow ride-alongs, you know, just to kind of see what it's like to be a police officer. What about you folks? We generally shy away from that. Okay. Um, Probably because you never know because... where you're, you never know what you're going to be getting into, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's fine. That was one question I meant to ask earlier, and I, I, I didn't, and so I just wanted to clear clear that off my plate there. So thank you. So uh, we do, um, Jay. We do let when we train or we test, do screenings or workshops with yeah. the dog teams. We have let others come in to see. Here's a mock situation of how we assess dogs and the handlers to see if they'd be a good fit. Okay, good. So there's, so there's kind of a little bit of a look-see capability in, in this. Well, folks, we've wrapped up another week of keeping track of giving back in the Valley. Uh, we have been talking to Raquel Lackey. She is a board member and experienced team member for Hope Animal Assisted Crisis Response. Uh, great insight into these wonderful volunteers and their dogs who are also volunteers. Uh, who uh, help us when we are in crisis and, and in need. And, and uh, it's just another example of these great organizations that are here to help all of us who live, work, and play in our Snoqualmie Valley. And uh, I want to remind you that you can listen to this show every Sunday evening at 5.30, uh, right before Valley Talk with Heather Stark. And uh, we do a little uh, additional show, uh, repeat show the next day on Monday at 6.30 p.m., you can also, if you have friends that live outside the area or you're traveling outside the area, uh, they can uh, listen to us. You can listen to us on our live stream by going to valley1049.org. Click the Listen Live button in the upper right-hand corner. That's valley1049.org and click the Listen Live button. That's it. We'll see you next week with another nonprofit helping all of us who live, work, and play right here in the, our wonderful Snoqualmie Valley. My name is Jay Fisk. It's been a pleasure being your host one more time. Stay safe out there. Wear your mask, and we'll talk to you next week.